make something that you want to make because there's going to be a lot of outside influences. You're going to want to make things that you think are going to do well. And of course, titles and thumbnails are all a thing and that does play a part, but ultimately make something that you think is really good and you're really proud of and don't compromise if you have an idea. Don't focus on the the results in terms of certain metrics. If your video doesn't get what you were hoping to in views, if your photo doesn't get there a certain amount of likes, your, your value is not in the, the results. Your value is in the process. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's return guests are Chris Howe and Lizzie Pierce. This is actually our second time interviewing each other. The first time we got to know each other, we, we actually told the story of how they met, how they got engaged. And now a year later, a lot has happened. We all know this. But in addition to all the pandemic garbage going on, they've also done some amazing things in their careers. We talk about all the crazy things going on in their lives, the travel, the filmmaking. They've both had incredible YouTube growth over the last year. Chris and Lizzie are both really great friends of mine, and it was an honor to have them on again with the Golden Hour Podcast. I would like to remind you guys, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the Golden Hour Podcast in your podcast player of choice. And if you happen to use an iPhone, iPad, or Mac, go on the Apple Podcast app and leave a rating or review of this show. All right, without any further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Chris and Lizzie. All right, so I'm sitting down again. The first actual, I didn't tell you guys this yet, but you are the first return guests on the Golden Hour Podcast. Chris Howe and Lizzie Pierce. Welcome again to the Golden Hour Podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you again for having us. Thank you again. (laughs) We're so happy to be here again. (laughs) <laughs> Your show was one of the earliest shows of the of the podcast. I was just getting started in the podcast game. Uh, you guys came out and were you shooting stuff for the Peter McKinnon VND back then? Is that why you guys were in town? Yeah, that yeah, was that was that was a super fun project. And then getting to meet everybody at Polar Pro, yeah, yeah th- and, and also hanging out in California. Like I, I feel like I should have grown up in California all the time. Like I love Canada, don't get me wrong, but I'm definitely like a beach bum. So hanging out. And that area was like, yeah. I don't know, heaven. It was the yeah, best. Yeah, we loved one. But also just like imagining traveling right now sounds so great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's right. Just, traveling. just getting out of your house and going somewhere yeah. with, with other people. And <laughs> Remember planes? Those were Remember fun. Planes? Or, <laughs> or Airbnbs. When we, oh when my we gosh, stayed yeah. in, in an Airbnb in um, in the Polar Pro area, yeah. we, we stayed at this guy's house and he had, what, four four little chihuahuas that was like the reason we picked it yeah four chihuahuas <laughs> and a lemon tree lizzie was in heaven oh yeah that was that was it he's like <laughs> and a lemon he's tree. like i found an airbnb with four dogs and a lemon tree do you want to stay there i was like absolutely <laughs> that sounds like a band name <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> four dogs and a lemon tree well i heard you got two guitars so That's let's, right. uh, let's do heck yeah let's start a youtube band seriously that'd be okay. fun do you Remote play do you sing session. or play lizzie yeah, I sing and I play piano, oh a little gosh. guitar, and I played cello for a while. Lizzie has the most incredible voice of all time. There's like Thank one you. video on Lizzie's channel, if you go and look at it up, and she sings it's a French song. It's my first video, and it's so hidden, and yeah. so many like, people don't <laughs> well, even know it's, it's there. It's such a French. good flex, because it comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, by the way, I speak French, and I'm an amazing singer. Someone found it the other day, though, and was like, 
why aren't there more of these? Lizzie, you've been holding out on us. Like, where is the sequel to this? And I was like, oh, no, it's coming back. We should do it. We should. Lizzie and I always have this dream where we want to start, um, like, record an acoustic album with our friend Gabe, who's a producer. Uh-huh. So at some point, there's, like, this weird dream where we'll work on the album, and then we want to tour around the st- anywhere in like North America or maybe wherever it is in the world. And we want to do like some coffee shops where we'll talk about camera gear, uh, production, sing songs, like just, it... and then they have to listen to us play if they want to hear all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, this like just this giant smorgasbord of different things, of content, of content of and things that content. we like. Uh-huh. Um, and then trying to create like a cool intimate atmosphere. That's like 50 people in person and just let that be what it is. And I think it'd be super fun. Oh, we'll see yeah. at, at some point. Cause we're getting married next year and we don't, I think the date's almost solidified. It's, almost, still, solidified. it's almost there. We can't depending, put the date yet. Depending on, uh, have on, gen- on the pandemic and crap like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Cause like they sent us a contract and then we have to add in all these stipulations in case like the world circumstances change, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, you know, is everyone's first time at this. So Yeah. We'll see. But right now, yeah, we're hoping it's going to be. Yeah. And I'm starting to look at camper vans. So maybe there might be a chance that like when we get the camper van after we get married, because the goal is to travel for like six months to a year in the camper van, like periodically might still come home from time to time. But the, the goal is to be like on the road for a while. And I think maybe that's when we could like potentially organize in the ending part of that. But anyways, yeah. those are dreams and goals and random mm-hmm. things that are going on in our lives. I think one of our mutual friends, Levi Allen, uh, recently, well, not recently, a couple, I guess a couple years ago now has gone full into the van life. Do you know Levi yep. Allen? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I actually texted him because I like posted on Twitter being like, I want to buy this van. And everyone's like, you should do it. And Levi's <laughs> like, if you have any questions. And I like texted him right away. <laughs> I was like, I have so many questions. He's like, I also have a kid now. I was like, there's so much going on. I know. <laughs> life is yeah. life is still happening, even though it seems to have shut down. Um, yeah. And Dude, by the you way, threw, like right before we started this podcast, you were like, and here's my new kid. I was like, yeah. it was just such a casual, like, oh, and we have a new child right now. <laughs> yeah. Hi. I mean, people the la- just had babies. <laughs> yeah. I guess the last time we saw each other in person was in a B of last year, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, my wife was pregnant at the time, but that might not just come up in conversation. But uh, yeah, we we now have two kids, and uh, I got robbed twice, and uh, you know, dude, the robbing stories were so intense. I couldn't even. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I mean, the first robbery, you know, seemed plausible, I suppose, but then the second one, I was like. Okay, is this for the views? Or... <laughs> and then I was like, apparently not. <laughs> well, wow, video... that's like getting struck by lightning or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and uh, I'm really grateful for it in certain ways too. I mean, it got us to move to a new place that's better, and um, it's oper- given me some opportunities with job stuff as well. Ironically, you, so. you little optimist. That's great. That's great. So, I mean, a lot's happened in in a year. Um, forget the pandemic and all that stuff, but your careers have continued to take off and you guys have done so many amazing things. We're going to talk about all that, but as of right now, 2020, you know, it's July coming up to August when we're recording this, what's going on in in your worlds right now? I mean, a lot has changed in the last year. Tell me about it. Lizzie, do you want to start? (laughs) Oh my goodness. In the last year here, let me recap a year in 10 seconds. Do it. Um, Well, you know, YouTube thing's been happening. Yeah. Uh, we were traveling a lot. We did a lot of traveling at the end of 
August into September and pretty much all the way up till Christmas. Yeah, we went on a trip through Germany, Austria, uh, Italy, came back for like a few weeks, went to the Philippines for like three weeks, came home, did Christmas, left. And then January was like pretty jam-packed where we went to like middle of Canada for a project with Ben's with like drifting cars, which was like super fun. Uh, We went to Switzerland. Switzerland. uh, Switzerland, And then we managed to sneak out right before lockdown to Vancouver. Yeah. And I I went to Vegas and I went to, and I went to the UK too. Yeah, he did. To Wales for a couple of days. While he was away, I stayed home watching our kitten that we got in February. Which has been, uh, which was just perfect timing for us. A small fur baby. Yeah. I've seen that on socials. Yeah. Uh, for a so lot of cute. people, you know, mental health, I think, became a very serious topic for everyone during the pandemic. So totally. um, having the cat was a, a, a such a blessing uh, for timing wise for us. So, yeah. you know, we're both uh, very susceptible to feeling, um, you know, down during stuff like that. And having the cat was just such it a... It gave us something to occupy our time, mm-hmm. for sure, um, because she was so new. And so we were actually... It, it was a bit of a blessing in that sense that we got to like focus all of our attention on her yep, mm-hmm. and get her adjusted. And, you know, she was a kitten. So of course she had like a few little health bumps here and there. Yeah. It's funny looking back, like at the time we were like, Oh, she looks so beautiful and amazing. And now that she's fully healthy, healthy and fully grown, we're like, Whoa, my God, she was like, she was scrappy underweight. and malnourished. Oh, yeah. oh, so now, now she's good, but she's definitely a runt. So she, she's oh. still not very big. We yeah. weighed her the other day and she finally made it to five pounds. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for a cat, that's still pretty small. You and um, the, you guys should so, link up with Philip Bloom and his cats. You guys are. Dude, gonna, don't even get me oh, started. We've already had. We've been, cha- I've been chatting. Or, yeah. I've been chatting with yeah. Philip and uh, the DMs and things yeah. like that as well. So I think someday there's going to be a, a cat collab. <laughs> <laughs> so because we couldn't travel, um, we continued making content. Our office was private, so we could keep coming here and making things during yeah. COVID. And uh, we've been building a lot of, you know, digital assets and things like that because we had some extra time, you know, more mm-hmm. presets. And I released a course with Moment, mm. um, a yeah. filmmaking basics course. Um, what else? Yeah, I think I – think- um, you know, uh, projects aside, I think one of the biggest thing is just navigating, uh, emotionally all the stuff that was going on during COVID-19. So for, for me, just yeah. speaking from my perspective, you know, that was obviously uh, for a lot of people, but for me, it was, it was a big growth period. I felt like I was so deep down the rabbit hole with YouTube mm. and where my head was at with it, that, that gave me quite a few different waves of self-reflection on like how I was feeling about my career and what I wanted to be doing. Because when you're on a certain path and you're working and you're, you're around certain influences, you get so caught up in everything mm-hmm. and to have it all disappear, you're like, whoa, what's happening? And you start to like, for me, I was having like light, mild panic attacks and some light depression, not over overly intense but for me i was definitely experiencing some anxiety around that yeah like everyone else i mean we struggled with like the way we normally evaluated our lives was kind of gone yeah (laughs) when yeah you the things you do for fun you can't really go and do so our our life changed in that respect but um we were still really fortunate during everything and i still consider us one of the i guess lucky ones you know we You're not in the wedding. You're not in the wedding business anymore, like full time. Exactly. You know, like exactly. Yeah. 
exactly. that entire that so, entire business is so like it's so weird right now. Some of my friends lost yeah. an entire year's worth of work because of it. You know. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so with, you know, it it we are definitely struggling mentally with, and I mean now it's a lot better. We can go out a little bit. But at the time, yeah, that that was tough. It's hard to like go back and remember how you feel when you <laughs> yeah. don't really have any other like physical markers of you know what happened. Like we yeah. went to this place and then this thing happened to us. It was just like no, we went through waves of like feeling out of control and then in control and then taking too much control and then yeah. freaking out about it. And but now um, we're again fortunate enough that my family has a cottage, so we've been able to go up there now that it's summer and warm out. So we've kind of been mm. splitting our time between the office and going to the cottage. Yeah. And, and I've been shifting a little bit of like my priorities and and the things that I've been working on. So for me, um, health and cooking became like a really big wow. theme in my life. So oddly enough, it seems weird because like what triggered it was that my friend Patrick Tomaso uh, was posting about like a pizza oven on Twitter. Yeah, I was like, I kind of want to try a pizza oven. Yeah, and so, so I bought I bought this pizza oven, and that really just got me excited about the idea of like taking ingredients and making things and sharing those with people. That rather than my only outlet for creativity and and creation being YouTube and photography, um, it kind of shifted a little bit into food, which then sparked like, if I can make a good pizza, well, maybe I can make a good steak or maybe I can make a, a I decent learned how chicken. To make cocktails. So now we're Ooh. very good entertainers. People come over <laughs> yeah. and we can make tons of stuff. But most importantly, we're like making our own food, which for, for Lizzie and I, uh, we were not good at that in the past. Oh, we definitely like initially gained like whatever you want to call it, the COVID-10 and the COVID-20. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. so now we're, yeah. we've been eating really healthy and we've dropped some of the weight. We yeah. still have a little more well, to go. I had, uh, for, but... for my height, like my height and my, I had hit 200 pounds, which for me and where I was in my life was too, too many pounds where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So that really kickstarted like, okay. I'm not eating properly. I'm not taking care mm-hmm. of my health. And so with the food, I was, I've been able to keep an eye on that. Um, Lizzie and I have been working on our diet together. And but then, it really takes a lot. Like I think people, this is so not relevant to the podcast, no, but it takes so much of your, all about. Like, <laughs> yeah. it takes so much of your mental space to focus on, um, and being strict with like exercise and uh-huh. your food and figuring out like what foods can I eat now? What meals can I eat now? And really trying to stick to it. And because we're so work focused, any time mm-hmm. away from work, like we feel guilty about. Yep. And so yeah. it honestly, I think we started trying to eat better in April and we really only succeeded in mid June. Yep. Then mm. when we finally figured out how to do it, yep. you know, <laughs> and then since then, yeah, that the healthy eating and everything has been uh, a good process. <laughs> but yep. yeah, it was hard. What are some of the, I picked up... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I picked up cycling in the meantime. I just bought a bike oh, recently yeah. and I've that's been awesome. like biking around the city. Yeah. And so like that from a cardio perspective, that's great. But also just like exploration. I found all these like new areas I want to go and take photos of that's cool. because it's like a different means of transportation. So typically in huh. Canada, people like drive in most places and then we're in the city. So people can take, you know, oh, okay, I can take public transit, but because public transit's not really like popping off like it used to, um, <laughs> I, I, been biking to different spots and i found all these like nooks and crannies where i'm like that's a great photo shoot spot Mm. that's great and like all these weird things so what i'm trying to get to is um the fact that like the pizza oven sparked a lot of joy which is like spread into other parts (laughs) of my life in terms of creative sides of it so that in the buying the bike has also allowed me to be more creative and feeling like i'm doing more in my life and that's allowed me to be i guess 
output more creativity. So that's what I was trying to tie to. Well, thank you. Found some hobbies. Thank you, Patrick Tomasa. Thank you so much, Pat. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I can totally relate to that. I mean, before we started this podcast, Chris, I showed you the guitars and uh, you being a guitar player. Uh, and now I know that Lizzie is an amazing singer too. I didn't know this at all. <laughs> We gotta start a band. Get Sarah Dietschy yep. yeah. in too. She's a guitar player. Yeah, I think Gerald, so how... Gerald plays as well. I think. I didn't oh, know he? that Gerald plays actually, and Peter plays drums. Oh, and there, there's we our just drummer. Have to find somebody. Oh, we just yeah. need to find somebody to play bass. You I'll can pl play bass. I'll play bass. I always get thrown <laughs> as the bass player. You will, yeah, because everybody wants to be like the guitar Sarah, player. Sarah plays guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play bass in the teacher band in high school. So there was like a group of teachers <laughs> that all played guitar and drums, but nobody wanted to play bass. So they asked me to be the bass player in the band detention crew. <laughs> That's amazing. Which now sounds amazing. Again, and another, the same another time. super yeah. cool. And our, ba and our yeah, band is going to be called cool Four band. Dogs and a Lemon Tree. <laughs> I like it. Subscribe. That's uh, a subscribe. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's been the guitars. I mean, just shredding on guitar and kind of picking up things that I, it was a hobby that I had 15 years ago. I stopped when I was 15 years old and uh, I'm turning 30 like in two weeks. And so I wanted like an item that I could hold in my hand is like, this is my 30th birthday, like token. And uh, so yep. I, got, I got the guitars and having a little bit of a, uh, I don't think it's a midlife crisis. I guess it's a, uh, uh, pre-midlife crisis but like quarter quarter life? quarter life yeah it's just that kind of like okay I'm, yeah. I'm 30 i got a wife i got kids i got a job like i'm an adult now i guess <laughs> yep. yeah <laughs> so i like i like getting items like that because you can tie meaning to it so that every time you look at it you're like that's my that's my x y and z or like if mm -hmm. i get a watch i this reminds me of x y and z or this is a reminder i spend time with my family or you know yeah. and there's certain items in your life that you can set as triggers for other things that are important a fly just landed on my webcam did you see that i i saw that and i was like is does he have a cat is there a cat or is like does he have his kids are climbing oh on gosh, his computer that is so random yeah. like what are the odds of that <laughs> the things you're saying about the bike and stuff that's just that's brilliant i think honestly a lot of us can maybe learn from that get outside more guys like yep. you can have mm. social distance and be outdoors you don't have to stay in your house. We are missing some of that, like going to a restaurant, going to a bar, going to church, like hanging out with a lot of people in groups. We are missing that now, but you don't have to miss yep. out on going outside and enjoying nature because there's a lot of value in that and being cooped up in a house all day just... It just doesn't yep. feel right. You got to get out. <laughs> so I have, I have like a couple things like threads to talk about in terms of like why cycling has been good. So I always find I have like the best creative ideas after I go cycling. And mm. I think there's a couple reasons why. So I, I think like the sensory input, because you're getting so much while you're like cycling, you're like, okay, right, I'm trying to avoid people. Mm -hmm. There's like trees. Now there's this sound, there's this thing. Do you listen to music or do you just go straight with no anything? A com combination. I, I've been listening to the new Logic album a lot right now, which has been nice. like really good and inspiring. But I, I find that the being physical gets like obviously your your blood going when you're in this like passive state like cycling or like taking a shower or doing something where you're you're doing something automatic or driving mixed with the sensory input is like the perfect recipe for creativity so i was like even telling lucas today i was like all right well i'm gonna write the intro to the next video after i go cycling and i almost always know that i'm gonna be in a better headspace once i'm like outside 
I'm doing something that feels good and I've done something that's put me into like a more relaxed state um, so that I can like kind of let my mind go on. Like your mind goes into autopilot for one thing so you can concentrate on something else. Like, how, do you ever find that when you're in the? I'm talking to Lizzie. Well, do you ever find a, that you're a, in? It's scientifically proven. Yeah. That, I mean, shower ideas, shower thoughts is is a thing because it puts your mind in this relaxed state. Your amygdala, which is like your flight, your primitive fight or flight part of your brain, yeah, chills out for a hot second. And for me, that's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you're you're kind of free and relaxed enough to come up with different ideas. And so it can be literally be. Mm-hmm. Anything you're swimming, you're yeah, having a shower, you're getting a massage, you're yep. riding a bike, you're <laughs> in the gym, you're you yeah. know, anything that kind of puts you and sometimes it's like a almost like a trance. Yep. But uh yeah, makes sense. Yeah, for me recently it's been playing scales on my guitar over and over and over and over just my wife is driving I'm driving her crazy because we'll just like watch Netflix and I'm just over there like so yeah, I mean same for piano too, right, Lizzie? Oh God, those drove me nuts. Anytime my piano teacher came out, she's like, "Have you been playing your scales?" I was like, "No, I hate them." <laughs> la 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 you know, careers and one of the things that you guys focus on in addition to YouTube, how have you been yep. able to handle posting stuff on Instagram during this time? Are you just kind of recycling stuff? And what are some of your friends doing right now? Because if you're like a travel influencer, it's just a weird time to do anything, right? I yeah. Mean, how are you guys we've, handling it? We've just stockpiled things from previous trips. So we have a lot of old content like yeah. older photos from past trips so in terms of the content we we have enough to bring back but our, our posts aren't always about travel like the captions i mean yeah. aren't always travel specific so they can be about literally anything we're feeling and sometimes that links to the photo in a different way sure so we've um we were good about keeping up the schedule yeah and uh yeah i can i can kind of speak to it a little bit more to from my at least just from my end um, yeah, you I, looked like you really wanted to jump in. He's giving me the eyes. The no, well, I'm I'm just, like, okay, I'll let you talk, dude. And ba- basically, I don't, uh, I don't know what it was. Your dynamic, but by the way, the... is so funny. I love you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> when we would go on, we went on all these trips back in the fall that we mentioned earlier, and I don't know what it is, but I did all the data for them, and then I'd come back from the trip, and then just feel so exhausted with all the other projects going on that I would just like never edit the photos. Yeah. And then we go on the next trip, and then I was like, oh, I have They're to edit so the old trip. Back to back. And everything was so back to back and so jam packed in our schedules, and like oh. I never really felt that I had time to breathe and edit them because for me, editing a trip could take just as long as the trip itself, like the photos. You know, we could yeah. go to Iceland for four days and I could spend four days editing the Iceland photos. Mm-hmm. So and you know how it all it is, because once you go through your selects and then you need the processing and then you need the time to be like, have the mental space. And I also like just sitting down and listening to like a great album and just editing with no distractions, which is very hard to do in in adult lives is to have a time where you don't have any distractions where people aren't trying to ask you of something or you're working on YouTube videos. Yeah. You can pretty much get everyone to hold off. And by everyone, I mean, like, anyone we're doing work with, like, any 
anything at all. And we set up an auto reply and then they go, okay, they're away. But when they come back, you know, then I can bother them about this thing again. Yeah. <laughs> and so we think while we're on the trip, oh, we'll have time when we get home. We'll just sit down with a cup of coffee, you know, and no one will bother me. It'll be this nice, relaxing day. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> when we were in, yeah. um, well, this is what I did on our last trip. Literally, it was our last trip, our Switzerland trip. Yeah. I made a point of staying up an extra hour, sometimes two hours, and doing data and then doing my selects every night. Yeah. Wow. Then I would actually start to edit a couple of the photos that night. And even though I was freaking exhausted, it honestly made it so much easier. Yeah, it was you were so like, worth it. I don't think I posted any Switzerland. I posted like four Switzerland. Those <laughs> endless was like on top of it. I would yeah. so recommend like. And I know like early mornings are important, but like somehow give and take and at least do your selects the same day. Yeah. Find a way. And it's hard too, because when we're on those uh, trips, a lot of the times they're with like a tourism board or we're working with a company. So they're like, well, you're here. Let's just jam pack your schedule with as much as possible. You like getting up at six in the morning, going to bed at 10, right? Well, let's make that work. No, it's like, and then no dinner is at like 930. Yeah. Especially in Europe. Yeah. And then we go to Mm. bed at like midnight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But so I felt like I had a lot of content to go to bed. Yeah, I know. It's a tired. It could have been the COVID 10 or 20 or whatever, or it could have been Switzerland. Who knows? We had, we ate fondue twice in one day, but anyways, and no other food. That was it. That's that's not, yeah, that's not first on anybody's diet. It was the weirdest, it was the weirdest day. We ate fondue on the top of the mountain. And yeah. then we went down and ate it in a hot tub. It was a, it was like a great day, but also a very strange day. Do you remember how much coffee we drank on that trip also? Yeah, I love And coffee. then whoever we were too. with on that trip, like we had different guides every day. And they were like, do Canadians normally drink this much coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I just got and an we AeroPress like, oh. and I've been loving it. I do AeroPress oh, yeah, I all Aero. day long. It's nice, so, much, man. so much better than the uh, drip stuff. It's just yep. night and it's day. Great. What do you do? What I do you love do? it. I um, we bring it camping mostly. That's when we use the AeroPress yeah. now. Yeah, but but at home we have a, a Breville Barista Pro, so like espresso based drinks. Um, and I'm right now I'm been crushing this like milkadamia nut iced latte. Huh. So I'll do like one shot of espresso and then I'll put this um, nut milk alternative in. And like this is my favorite drink ever. They have a lot wow. of different. You've been trying out a lot of different kinds of like non dairy milk, and this is by far our favorite. Yeah. Is that the so nine hundred dollar one? It's called it's yeah, not cheap. It's I'm not definitely lie not to you. cheap. But it, when you get it on sale, it's definitely more affordable. If you're making lattes, like they have a latte one specifically, and it's very very good. Nice. If you're just putting like a regular nut milk in your smoothies, I actually bought a nut milk machine. Yep. Which is <laughs> really fantastic. I've never heard of that. That's crazy. And yeah, exactly. Neither had I. But I really like it. It's cool. But yeah. One of my uh, other quarantine challenges is that I wanted to get, really get good at pouring latte art. Oh, so yeah? that has like a really good wand. So anyways, long story short, um, I can I can pour like now. tulips now, which is cool. Wow, dude, uh, that's awesome. Fancy. That was like a challenge. I was like, all right, challenge, give myself little like things that is not <laughs> related to YouTube and photography. And let's let's do that. But going back to your question, just to, to tie that all up. Yeah. Um, so we definitely stockpiled photos. And because of whatever reasons both of us lizzie was better than i was i didn't take the time to actually go through all the photos and i'm still i still have like all the philippines to edit i have all of switzerland to edit wow. so i have projects to go back on like we have I re- a trip from the azores last year that we did like our azores course yeah. and i haven't even opened it to yeah. look at the photos yeah. oh wow and then and then the <laughs> other crazy. thing is that 
I, uh, I was taking some cars out and doing car photography, taking photos of Luna, taking photos of Lizzie. So in terms of like fresh content, I was always more on top of going out and being more proactive and telling stories that didn't relate specifically to travel. Cause I don't think people follow Lizzie and I's account because of travel content. I think that's just an element of it. Sure. I think people follow it for the lifestyle that we have, which is at home with a cat and cottage yeah. life and road trips and things like that, that aren't specifically always related to you need to be in Switzerland. Totally. Uh, and they want to, they also just want to see good quality photography. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we've been navigating that. I also feel like for both of us, we kind of just took a breather um, where we weren't posting as frequently mm -hmm. just because I think at least from my perspective or at least my experience, I was Instagram was kind of like stressing me out there for a bit where I was not posting and I was only consuming, which was not adding any real value to my life. So I kind of like went cold turkey for a bit and I actually deleted the app off my phone, but not my account just sure. to be clear with that. And I would then be more purposeful with it. So I find every time I go on it now, uh, because I've been able to stockpile a lot of photos, I actually have content. I'll like go and post. And, and the odd part is that I, because I deleted the app, I'm actually using it more like how I should be using it, which is to more post purposely. more purposefully and more thoughtfully, which means that I'm actually every time I go on it, posting photos and sharing stuff, which is the core reason yeah. of Instagram. And then I go and check a couple other photos. I like it. And then I delete the app again off my phone after I've posted or I delete. You re-add it every time you post a photo now? If I don't have my iPad on me. Oh, I was like, that's what you've been doing lately? Yeah. <laughs> but if I don't, but, but so yeah, so if I don't have my iPad, which is where I'm posting things from, uh -huh. um, I'll re-download the app on my phone, oh my post goodness. a photo and then delete it again instantly after I posted the photo. Oh my yeah, that's crazy. But it's, it's, I know it's a weird workaround, but it's, it's working for me. But when you're an addict. I was definitely you have to set limits. Yeah, but I was. I would say I was definitely like pulled in as. Un yeah, you are. Yeah. You have a problem with your phone. We know this. Yeah. Yeah. My phone usage went up way too much during quarantine. So. Yeah. Anyways, Dave, I feel like I, I, we've <laughs> danced around answering your question a lot. We have uh, no, stockpiled stuff and taking new it. photos. That's what I said. We yeah. got, we got that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys? Um, I think before. I think I don't think you were doing your podcast when we interviewed each other a year ago is that something no. that you're still doing uh so funny you should ask we are still doing it um in january we tried a schedule where we would post twice a month then uh -huh. we started a patreon and the goal was we hired on a podcast producer and we had mixing engineer who was, uh, we had a mixing engineer and the hope was the patreon would get enough funds in order to pay for them in the meantime we were paying them and uh, I don't know whether it's because of COVID or whatever happened, but or whether it was. I think for the podcast, the scheduling it's a slow part growth, and then for us, yeah, yeah. the scheduling, yeah, it was just really hard <laughs> to fit in, and it turned into we were only recording at like six a.m., like yeah. really early before starting work, <laughs> or really late at night when we were both tired. So, so. it was cutting into personal time or yeah. on the weekend. And so it just wasn't somehow it just wasn't fitting in and it wasn't working. And then because of COVID, it could only be Chris and I, we could never have guests. And sure. it just felt really, it felt like a lot. And I we weren't sure whether people were really listening and we thought maybe we should just cut back. And then when we have something really good to talk about, or we have a really interesting guest, then sure. we'll post another one. 
So, I think it was also like a classic, like we should be everywhere and rather than like just focusing on the pillars that we really, really wanted to, yeah. because at some point, it's when hard not to feel like that in this. Yeah. This Cause industry. you just asked us about Instagram. You asked us about YouTube and like, <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then there's like Twitter and the other platforms. And then at some well, point, who knows what's happening with TikTok? <laughs> right? I know. Like, right. Yeah. And at some point you're like, I can't just be a content machine for everything. I'm going to spread myself too thin. Yeah. There's a really great book called Essentialism, which talks about like how the it's essentially about less is more. So, <laughs> you know, lean on the things that are actually adding value to your life. So I think mm. we both, without really actively fully talking about it, realized, all right, well, I think we need to cut back on the podcast because the quality is going to suffer um, mm. and the conversations will suffer on the podcast because we're trying to just force it and rather than let it be organic and we're like you know what let's talk about this or maybe lizzie and i have a disagreement that is really valuable to share with everybody and that's something that we felt we'd rather produce quality over quantity and that's kind of been a little bit of our headspace for a lot of things i would say lately yeah but lizzie's been so consistent with youtube stuff like you've been great yeah i kind of had a little bit of a two-week break just now though well that i don't think that was my fault (laughs) i like i've just been so busy with videos and then really wanting to level up the production quality of them and therefore i ended up sitting on i'm sitting pretty much on two finished videos Mm -hmm. a third that's pretty much done and a fourth that is like half done. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And you're just yeah. like, how did I get here? <laughs> You've been multitasking like a queen, though. You're so I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> don't be so hard on yourselves. You don't owe anybody anything. So just like remember that. Yeah. Just make no, it for yourself. And, uh, you know, you guys are treating it like a business, which is good. But also, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Two weeks, you know. Most people yeah. don't post anything at all and they want to. So, you know. Yeah. And then in terms yeah. of the podcast, uh, for me, the only reason I've been able to do this every week is because like I have a lot of things like Polar Pro making sure that it happens. <laughs> Otherwise, yep. yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to do it either. And um, I'm glad I'm able to fit it in. But um, my friend Jason Vong, do you know him? You, you know yep. Yep. Jason. I was, we were, I was just talking uh, about this with, with you last night. No, just trying to today, Did you see his yeah, video uh, titled yeah. why I disappeared or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny that, uh, we yeah. were talking about this also uh, on a really like side note about Jason's video that I really loved. And it was just, it made me smile is that he had like a thumbnail where he's really sad, but yeah. then, you know, when you're on the YouTube app on your phone, it like auto plays. Yeah. So it went from him being super sad to then it auto played and he's like smiling with the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> And yeah. I was like, oh, that's, it was just a funny, like it was a perfect transition. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I, yeah, I did watch that video and I relate to a lot of the things that he talks about in there. And to sum it up for people who maybe haven't seen it or, or aren't interested in watching it, uh, but I do recommend everybody go watch it. Uh, he does talk about how he had a little bit of a burnout. He was spending too much time with the videos that he was making and not with his family and friends and even just quality time for himself. And he's decided to actually completely disable Instagram uh, and Facebook, um, and only focus on YouTube. And, you know, I think Chris, what you're doing is a a nice happy medium of that. But if it does mean disabling Instagram as well, I mean, and, and you're not somebody who has any value in it, then you don't have to do all these things. I know that Gary V says you, it's important to, but I think he would even agree that like, if you, you know, just do what you want at the end of the day, like you don't have yeah. to do all these other things. It is nice to, um, 
obviously it's especially hard when you don't have a team too because you got to understand where like gary's coming from he like owns an agency he has a whole team he has a videographer he's like all right cut this down for facebook you do this for youtube you do this element all for different, this all different approaches though. right totally because you can in a in the career that we're in you can do this in so many different ways you yeah. can be the the viral uber consistent like uh we were talking about valeria another Lipovetsky, another like influencer, not in our same space at all. So probably no one knows her. But anyway, she's all over every platform, mm-hmm. recycling content. Um, every like I don't know how many posts photos she posts in a day, five. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Well. And there are people that that's their approach. And so they are everywhere and people are seeing their content. And because of that, you're you're kind of like you're stuck seeing it. Um but on the other hand, you could take your time, focus on your craft, focus on your platform, put out something that's amazing that you think is really amazing and you're really, really proud of. And that will also get results. Yeah. Like there, there are two different approaches. Totally. There is kind of a medium, which I think is where you're, you and I are trying to hit of being on several different platforms. Um, because that's kind of the business mindset is don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, yep. yeah, you want totally. to diversify. Um, what's well, true, your especially, income. yeah. So I think having a diverse business portfolio for us was critical during COVID, um, which allowed us to to not be hit as hard in that space because we had different different areas that we could touch base on. If it, we had just had a production company, it would have been a whole different. Yeah, if this had been, yeah. if we were operating the same way we were three, four years ago, yep. then things would have been very different yep. <laughs> for us during COVID. Yeah, And it was scary too, because I had just hired my editor, Lucas, full-time February, like middle of February, mm-hmm. and then all of this. And I got I got really scared like genuinely scared. And then I remember at that time stocks had tanked too. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. Anyways, we'll talk about that later, but I agree with what Lizzie was talking about with Valeria. She, her approach is different than everyone else's. And you can, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You can see the Sam Colders of the world who release a, a video once every six months, every three months, but like people still get stoked when he releases a video. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So like it does like however you've built your brand and how you ever you set expectations with your audience and, and what they're going to see, then they'll, they'll jump on board with that. So don't feel pressured by seeing other people. It's still a strategy, right? You know, it's not laziness. It's still a strategy. hundred percent. The right way. I know for my, my brain like having one or maybe two things that i'm really focused on in my case my youtube channel and the podcast and that's yep. it like it does give me a sense of clarity because i also have two kids and a wife that stays home so like i am trying to be done by five every day so that i can spend yeah. the rest of the day with them and the weekends so like that's kind of in its own way a third thing for me and health i think is something i need to be focusing on too working out yep. mm-hmm. you know and making that a part of my daily routine, I feel like the bike is actually a great idea. I might um, pick up a bike because I hate running. I don't like working out either, but having a bike, that actually makes sense because you can kind of, you can arrive at a destination. You're actually doing something. You're outside, yep. yeah. you're not in a gym. Obviously, you can't go to the gym anyway. anyways. So. Mm-hmm. so do you want to hear something funny of like the reason why I kind of got into cycling? So uh, back in February... Uh, this is all tied together to creativity too, just so that people don't think I'm always talking about my bike. Um, I went, um, I went to the UK for this project with uh, Visit Britain, and I was in a group with Dylan Efron, who is 
Zach Efron's brother, oddly enough. And he's like a very in shape, fit dude. And we were just chatting about. To say the least. To say the least. He's a very in shape dude. <laughs> let, um, let us repeat. He's Zach Efron's brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think he looks? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, anyways. So. Um, he was, he was telling me like the, the quickest way to like shred the weight. Cause I was feeling like at the time, definitely not in my best. And he said like the quickest way to shred their weight is like cycling. So whether really? you're like at a cycling studio or buy a bike and he's like, buying a bike is a better thing because, um, when you're navigating like a road, it's like, it's operate, you're using your brain in like a whole different way mm -hmm. than you are. If you're just like on a treadmill or you're on like a cycling bike in a studio sure. and it's, but I want to do that, and I want to do the ones with all the lights, and they play EDM. Yeah, we have two, Lizzie and I have two different approaches. I'm like, <laughs> let's be around nature and the water, and Lizzie's like, let's get dead mouse in here. This is the wild one in this okay. place. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of bike did you end up buying? I, I so I got a I got a cross bike, so I didn't get, like did specifically a road bike. Uh -huh. um, there's like a company called Ridley. I bought it off a of Facebook Marketplace. I'm not going to like say that. I just wanted a good deal and I wanted a decent bike. So it came up. I bought it like an hour after I saw it because I'd been searching for a while. And it's just like super light if I need to go a little off road since Toronto doesn't have like perfect roads all the time. Uh -huh. uh, and we have some good bike paths. So for me, it's a nice combination of being like if I hit some gravel, I'll be okay. But it's mostly dedicated road bike and it goes so Friggin' fast, man! What, uh, it's what insane. brand is it again? What's it called? Rid Ridley. Ridley, cool. Yeah, I Ridley think they're like a, a a Belgium company or something cool. like that. Anyways, Europeans very much like their bikes, and they yeah. like them to go fast. <laughs> there's um in California, there is a lot of bikers out here because it there's the 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 way the roads are built kind of allow for it, and I've seen a lot of people with the electric bikes, and I think that's really yep. cool. I was even considering getting one, uh, an electric one, because I could actually replace a car for most things. But everything's so spread out here that it's not super practical where I live in Orange County. But uh, yeah, if you, if you also had a lot of like mountains and stuff, that's where the e-bikes are really good because they help assist getting you up a hill. Lizzie sure. and I use some e-mountain e bikes once yeah, in Alberta, and we actually yeah. were coming around a corner. So this is a fun story. Lizzie and I almost died, which is crazy. We almost oh my got God. no. I've, wait, okay, I won't make it so dramatic. That's the title we of almost, the podcast yeah, now. I was gonna say yeah. now he has a title. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, basically, we were in Alberta. We um, were checking out this like one area with the e-bikes, and I had noticed that there was like this bear on the top of like a mountain. So I was like, okay, he's up on that cliff over there. So when we come around this corner, I think I'll have a better angle to like shoot photos of him with like a 100 to 400 millimeter. Turns uh -huh. out it was a she. Yeah. Not a he. So oh. so so anyways, we're all focused on this bear on the top of the cliff and I'm like, look at the bear up there and I'm like definitely distracting people from like looking in front of us. And as we come around this corner, we stop, I get my camera out, I'm taking photos of this other We're still looking up the we're hill. We're still looking up the hill and wouldn't it be that like 20 f feet in front of us is like a a, a black like a, a black, big old mama bear. Big old mama oh. bear with like two and kids. Her, her little and I'm talking cubs. They're not like the normal like you know, they're a kid. Like, oh, they're a cup. They're like little baby, tiny teddy bear bears. Yeah. Oh. So you know the mama's going to be super protective, and we are far too close. We were oh so close. We are far too close. And, like, and our guide was, like, freaking out. And our guide's, like, back up slowly, and she starts taking the bear spray out of her bag. And I'm thinking, 
how fast can I get off my bike and run away? But also the bear will catch me. Like I'm already, I'm already past the point that the bear's chasing me. Yeah. And turns out anyways, the bear watched us back up her little bear, baby bear, like scampered up the hill and then yeah. they left Aww. us alone. But that was, oh I God. was like, I actually, that was a real experience of that like real deep, stressful. deep fear. Like <laughs> oh I remember, cause I was at the front. I was, I was, yeah, you're I, first dibs. I'm first, I'm first dibs yeah, she's going for you. with that bear. <laughs> I remember her, I remember like having almost a bit of a stare down with her very briefly. Don't look them in the eyes. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I, I remember, I don't think any animal, I don't think when anytime you're in that moment, you forget everything you're told to do when <laughs> yeah. a bear is coming. You're like, what do I do again? Do I, do I, do I get big? Do I get small? What I do, I do? do I run? Do I cry? Like, what kind of bear is it? Am I supposed to be really loud and tall or am I supposed to play dead? Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody knows. Did you see that video online? Where, like the. There's this like tourist and she took a selfie with a bear. Like, it came up to her. She, no, she can't. It came up to her and she and then like went over her shoulder and she had the balls to bring up her phone and take a selfie. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's good content. Uh, quality content. <laughs> anyway, well, so we're talking about it. <laughs> uh, over the last year. Lizzie, your YouTube channel has really grown. You've really gotten into a good stride. Chris, you've continued as well. Looks like you guys moved or maybe I guess you got a, an office space because yes, you, you guys have this. Office. Yeah. I mean, that's where you guys are talking to me right now. Um, and mm -hmm. your set is like really beautiful. You got some great lighting and different colors that you can throw on the wall. Just tell me about the new space and kind of just the, your, your little your YouTube journey over the last year. Yeah. Well, Lizzie hit 100K, which is super exciting. Yes. I just want to jump oh. in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you can talk. I just wanted to um, say that. So that happened shortly after we got the space, but we were, if everyone remembers, we were filming out of our two bedroom condo. 86 square feet. In the what? Did you say bedroom. 86? Yeah. Oh, in the second bedroom. Sorry. Yeah. In the second bedroom is 86. Yeah. I was going to say, the total? Holy crap, man. Really? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, it's a small <laughs> room. And so we were keeping gear in there and in that closet. And then we had our desks in there. And then Chris has, um, well, had his editor coming in and then more consistently. Then he hired him full time. And then it was just, it was too much to be in our home, first of all. And then it became... Uh, really too hard to coordinate content. Our home was always messy. It was just, it was really hard because we're both trying to get at least a video out during the week. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then what if one of us is having um, a friend over or family over, I mean, that's then we can't really have them over in our home. We have to go somewhere. So it just became, I had to, I talked to my therapist about it. Then I confronted Chris about it. And I said, we you confronted, you make it sound like I did have to confront you because okay. I thought you were, it was going to be an argument. Um, and I said, we can't be here anymore and we're going to have to rent something, yeah. whether it's, and originally we thought maybe it's just a single office so we can rotate because yeah. we weren't really sure how much, um, uh, space was going to cost. And we really, I mean, renting is not ideal because especially in downtown Toronto, especially in downtown Toronto it's expensive and then you're just essentially throwing that money away every month so we didn't want to spend a lot we were trying to figure out how we valued having that extra space yeah. and because we had never done it in the past we didn't know how beneficial it would be yeah hint hint it's great yeah but can't uh, even imagine doing what we but do. yeah mean, so like are you referring to having your own office not a bigger apartment basically is what you're saying having or, an office it has been amazing yeah yeah, yeah. It's just having a place to go to, having a 
a place to cycle to having uh, something that is definitely like a separation from our home life is has created better balance in our lives so now when we come home the house is clean especially because we just got the cat too so now we're worried that like stands are going to fall on the cat or the all these things so we really wanted <laughs> to make sure that you know we were we were creating the best environment for our mindset our, really, our animals and yeah, our lives but totally. really just having having a space that's totally dedicated to creative mm-hmm. and being creative and shooting and keeping all our gear here has made the process so much smoother. Um, because we can leave things set up. If it's a disaster, we can leave it. If we're shooting multiple days, we can leave everything set up. Yeah. It just, it's so, and then I, I also love the way my new shooting setup looks like my backdrop. I just filmed a whole video about putting it together and how I styled it and everything. So that was a really fun process to have like, this is my side of the room. <laughs> how do I want, you know, how, how can I make this an epic, you know, filming set, but also a really productive workspace at the same time. And we were able to put in like this little podcast corner. Um, we have sound panels over here. All of our gear is here. We have like a big table in the middle where we can have meetings or like eat lunch. Yeah. We've got like a little kitchen area, with a microwave and a mini fridge. Chris has his side. He's got a desk for Lucas. <laughs> so, awesome. um, it's been, yeah, it's awesome. And I don't ever want to get rid of him, <laughs> but, I- um, yeah. I can totally vouch for the whole separation of home and work. Uh, Before we moved to California, we had an office space for Kinetika, and we were paying $300 a month for an office space in Nashville, which is nuts. Um, Out here to get anything decent is like $1,500 or more. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but that was. $300 is crazy. I know, isn't it? It was nuts. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know different states in america are cheaper than others so but mm-hmm. yeah uh but anyways yeah that was the best for me just having a place to to go i mean like you said it just it gives you that separation that you need and especially if you have family at home in my case two screaming babies uh it's oh yeah that's necessary <laughs> and, and, Liz, and lizzie and i are are both very uh, anal when it comes to clean, like a clean space. Mm-hmm. So we're clean freaks. We're very, yeah. And it's hard when the, the schedules don't line up. So we'd be at home and I'd still be shooting and things would just be everywhere. And then yeah, we'd have to tidy right. up, put everything away into the little studio and try to close the door to be like, now it's time for Netflix and, and just trying to decompress. Even when you live in a two bedroom condo and you're not working in your two bedroom condo, it's hard to keep it clean yeah. because they're, the totally. second you keep a couple, you have a couple things out on the counter, the whole place looks messy. So if you want it to look neat, which we always do, yeah, mm-hmm. we can't, I, we both can't stand it. <laughs> then you have to be really on top of putting things away. And you know, our laundry is in the closet in our front hall. So you got to bring your laundry over and then you put it away, you know, like almost mm-hmm. right away. Now it's amazing having the second bedroom, which is basically like a guest room slash slash kind of like if we're shooting room? something I don't at even home know. or photos and yeah. but not even no it's just like an extra just storage. room storage that's where we so keep we my can pizza just oven. like yeah we keep pizza the pizza oven, oven in there now <laughs> pizza oven and has its own room <laughs> yeah we can set up like if we're hanging laundry to dry we can put it in there so like we're yeah. like oh my god we have an extra room that we can just like put oh my god it's yeah. amazing it's and, kind of like our cat's room where she goes in and destroys the couch that's in there yeah, yeah. and like don't get me wrong we we definitely could go a little bit out of the city get a house or whatever and we're even actually talking about when we're going to be moving into a house in the city but you know it makes sense like we don't need 
you don't need a lot of space as a person. It yeah. sure it makes things like it feels easier. I mean, yeah. when you have kids, you need more space. But as two people who are adults, <laughs> yeah. M- Maddie said something to me recently um, when we were hanging out last Friday that kind of resonated a little bit to what we were talking about in terms of space. Um, he was saying it, he's like, I don't think it's more money, more problems. I think it's more things, more problems. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is that we always want like, Oh, we need more things. Should we get a house and should we have a whole studio on the side? And should we do this? And like all of a sudden you just get all this like crazy anxiety and ideas of like, okay, well that something else is going to fail and there's going to be more problems. Like what Lizzie and I have kind of figured out right now with like how the studio is set up everything that's going on, like, yes, it's nice to dream about maybe we'll get a house and maybe we'll do this and maybe this is more cost-effective X, Y, and Z. But, like, right now... It's all working well. It's working and we're happy and there's no stress and things just... They just work. So why would I don't know if, like, that's almost kind of priceless right now. So until we're in a position where, like, okay, we're going (laughs) to consolidate all this into a home again and maybe that's that's more along the lines when we have a kid Mm -hmm. so that we can be home with the kid. It's probably going to be more in line with that, yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that probably would be better is if we had somehow, like, separate... Like, it's fine, obviously, being in one room right now. Yeah. But, like, somehow an office space that has two rooms. Yeah, or, like, a separate floor. Or, like, a separate floor or something. Yeah, for when one person's trying to be, like, yeah. in an edit and needs a little bit of separation. Townhouses are pretty That'd tall. Nice. They're, or like, get, four. Or when you get really pissed at Chris, go downstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. We don't – in our relationship, we don't really get – no, we're passive aggressive. We're passive aggressive and not, <laughs> not vocal. I was like, obviously joking like, about our, our that. Silence... It is a clean or a dirty dish. Yeah. Why is it here then? Yeah. Okay. Our like our silence speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what's yeah, up. Yeah. Not saying anything is, is worse than saying. Well, I anything. think yeah. I think uh, one thing that you didn't necessarily mention, but you sort of said, is also like when you're home and it's also your office, you always have that kind of looming thought of like, ah, I need to finish that thing. I'll just go run in there real quick and finish it instead of exactly. actually turning your brain off and actually just enjoying a meal or watching mm-hmm. a show. And, you know, yep. it's just, I don't know. I think when I was younger, like in my early twenties, when I was really in that hustle, like freelancer videographer kind of mode where I was just like, I say yes to everything, constantly editing, constantly shooting. It was different because yep. I was single. I didn't have any anything else to do i would like wake up at like Mm -hmm. two o'clock in the afternoon and go to sleep at like 3 a.m and like i don't know like i to this conversation would be like oh you're a bunch of old people like but no but there it (laughs) no i think there's um it's it's a lot of responsibility in growing up when you realize that you have power in saying no and creating spaces and environments in your life where you can just be happy because you know obviously all the responsibility builds up as you become an adult. So you need to manage that in a responsible way. So I think, I think we joke like, Oh, this is such an adult conversation. I think it's a mature conversation. (laughs) That's right. Turning 30. I'm an adult. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. I even look, I look at your dad, Chris, like when we're at the table and he and I, like he's laughing at something stupid that I'm laughing at too. And I look at your dad and I go, yeah. And they call us adults. (laughs) And he laughs again. That's awesome. (laughs) so yeah yeah it's hard to like not when when it's 11 o'clock at night and someone's going oh could you just send it to me right now it's hard not if it's in your house it's hard not to just like move to the other room and do that export what (laughs) what about the studio itself you know in the office space how have you guys enjoyed that and how have you found it to be the most kind of optimized 
in terms of your studio. And maybe someone who's listening, they're not fortunate enough to, to be able to afford, you know, an office space. And so maybe they are using their garage or a spare bedroom. Uh, what are some things that you could share about that you've learned, you know, creating a specialized studio space for, you know, for making videos? I got some stuff. Go for it. Heck Sound yeah. is very important. Mm-hmm. Sound, treat the room however way you can. Make if you're own, shooting in video, if you're in shooting it. video, yeah, you're gonna want sound panels, curtains, carpets, mm-hmm. lighting, li- lighting, and then pays lighting. A, I was pays gonna a, say plays a really big part in like your mood and your ambience, as well as like how you're editing photos or color grading things. So definitely keep that into consideration. Have stuff that you can like is um, you know dimmable and have things that you can change the color based on your mood yeah. or that adapt to the space. I think that's really important. Like the room we're in right now is fluorescent lighting and that's pretty much anytime you're renting a space it's going to look like this or even if you're at home it may not be the best in-house lighting yeah but we often turn the lights off we turn on we have a neon sign i have a couple of bulbs hanging bulbs that are built into my backdrop that i keep on that are a nice warm light chris has some led strips um behind your shelf yep so some backlight stuff yeah, it's That's great. Awesome. Again, if you're shooting, um, I mean, photos or video, it's it's important to have some mood lighting, but also because it's nice for you to enjoy the mood lighting. Well, putting putting yourself into potentially the, the listener's shoes for a second, Dave, do you have any like specific questions that you you're curious about? Because I don't I don't want to just speculate on being like, well, mood and lighting and this <laughs> kind of well, thing. That's, that one point is actually really interesting to me because I've never thought about it before. And there might be some people that um, also haven't thought about it. You're actually talking about the mood that you're in when you're actually editing, not actually when you're on camera. This is like yep. literally for your own self, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for to like put you in a relaxed state, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Can I speak to this? Yep. So when we came, when we got the space, it doesn't have any windows. So mm-hmm. we got a good price on this one. It's a pretty large room for what we're paying, but it doesn't have any windows. And I thought, you know, if we're going to be spending a ton of our time here, it needs to feel comfortable. We need to want to come in and it has to feel inviting and cozy. It needs to be like a home away from home. So we put in a bunch of carpets. A lot of the furniture is like home furniture, not office furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, like the chairs we're sitting in are super comfy. Um, and that's also what like the lighting plays into as well. So you want a place that feels inviting that you want to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, that you want to go sit at your cool desk, you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and as, and also something that's functional that has the least amount of barriers to be creative. So you like, want a no friction process in yeah. making and doing the work. Yeah, we have like two or three moves in the office where when if you want to film something because you're like excited to film, it takes maybe less than three minutes to set up a shot or your talking head stuff, yeah. and then you can start recording so that you're not. Because I always think that, like, I, I'm a big believer in, like, energy, especially for, like, on-camera energy or energy when you're editing something because you need to be protective of that and you only have so much of it per day. So it's the same thing. Like, somebody's uh, – I was listening to a podcast actually recently with Logic and um, they were talking about how, like, the idea is, like, let's say you only have, like, $100 of, like, mental capacity to spend per day. So it's like, okay – 
getting driving to work is five or ten dollars and then you know you buying your lunch is five dollars like when you think about it in terms of like your energy of not like actual money for the day mm-hmm. you you can easily drain your full resource or the energy that you saved so i always we try to create as many um, least barriers as possible so that when we are disputing our energy which the creative process is expels a lot of energy sometimes you get like mental capacity physical energy like all of it yeah. you only have a limited resource amount per day so you want to try to make sure that you're not depleting it. it and wasting it so for us this space is like you go to the space and there's like if you want to make something boom lights there if you want this okay grab that if you want to record a podcast all right well lizzie you want to record a podcast let's do it right now dave you want to record a podcast all right let's do this and everything <laughs> is there it's accessible, it's clear, so that you are not wasting your energy trying to find something, trying to build something, trying to yeah. do something that is not directly impacting the final result that is being a creative or making your YouTube video or whatever it is. That's incredible. That was a huge rant. What? No, I, that's one of the first things I recommend when people say, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel, what do I do? I say find a corner. If you, ha- if you happen to be lucky enough to have an extra bedroom or obviously an office space. But if you're if, lucky to have a corner. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky to have a corner, like in your own bedroom, just like put some lights there, have a tripod there. If you are fortunate enough to have two cameras, have one that's like handheld and one that's just always locked off that you never touch. That's just like yep. ready to go. Um, I want it to be as frictionless as possible because making YouTube videos, it's you got to be quick. You got to be fast and sometimes even reactive to things happening in the industry, especially for us talking about, you know, news related things with camera gear that's brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, I saw your video today that you posted about the A7S, you know, and that yep. was that was sort of reactive, right? Like you weren't given yep. the camera under NDA. You were just kind of able to use it with Maddie. Um, yeah. And that was one of those things, too, where I wanted to make sure I navigated even that relationship properly, too, because I didn't like when we were hanging out, the whole goal wasn't like oh maddie's coming with the a7s like let's (laughs) let's figure something out like i i personally a big thing that a lot of people assume is that the dope squad is like everyone's really really close uh, because they see it online but like my relationship is very close with peter but i haven't really spent a lot of time with maddie so i i saw that day when he was like hey let's shoot something i've been talking about having him out on the boat for a long time i was like today i'm not bringing a camera Maddie, I know, is shooting a video. Like, I'm going to be there to help him. I'm going to teach him how to surf. And that day is dedicated specifically to just spending time with somebody I haven't really gotten the chance to know. Even though people are like, oh, Doe Squad, Maddie, Chris, Peter, Lizzie, Jesse, everybody. Like, everyone <laughs> kind of knows each other. But, like, I, for at least my relationship with Maddie was very limited. It's always been with Peter around or something like that. So it was nice to have, like, one-on-one time with him. Mm-hmm. So when we were hanging out, he like, he was like, here's the camera. And he's like, do you mind shooting some stuff of me? So uh, I shot some stuff of him and that was the reactive state. All right. Well, I do have some experience. And he actually said something to me when we were hanging out. Cause he's like, uh, cause I, I was really struggling with like, well, what do I really want to create and what do I want to be making? Cause I, I wasn't really too sure. I was kind of going through this phase and I was like, I don't know about review videos. I don't know if that's my thing. He's like, well, why wouldn't you make a review video? You obviously, you are obviously curious in this camera, as well as people are obviously curious in this camera. So why, why wouldn't you do it? And it was yeah. very simple. It was very casual of him to just be like, "Why wouldn't you do it?" But it like, 
you know, when you hear something a million times, but when someone else, the right person says it, or they say it in a certain way, it like resonates. Totally. It's like, well, okay, well, why wouldn't I make a review on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than my ego being like, Sony didn't send me a camera. Yeah. They're the wrong ones. I can be like, well, I got the chance to play with it. And maybe this is a, a launching off point to maybe start a relationship where I can do reviews with other stuff in the future. So, and it was an exercise of just being like, well, what's it like making a review? Turns out really friggin' fun. So <laughs> I, get, I make that video. The, you get all the search algorithm stuff too, which is totally. Why we and it was just funny. Like place. I am a big nerd when it comes to tech and gear and stuff like that as well. And I was very, very passionate about this camera coming out. So yeah. I was like, well, this seems like the perfect time to make it. I and mean, the funny thing is, I made that video. I shot it in like four hours. We mm-hmm. edited it in like a day or something like that. I got it out, and now I'm like. Oh, it's, it's, it, whatever views wise, cool. It's doing well. But it was like, this was a great exercise in just making something because yeah. it was fun. Anyways, and, that was a long, another long and rant. Well, I mean, you know, I, it's unfortunate they didn't give you one because I, I was curious to hear your thoughts. You're an avid Sony shooter. You own, you guys own and operate Sony bodies. I know that mm-hmm. they've worked with yeah. you before in the past, right, Lizzie? Yeah, I, think... I did something. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Aren't you a part of the female creator group? Uh, we're, we're both kind of on their list for events and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe I'm on any. Did you guys get the, okay. Did you guys get the ZV1 when that came out? No, No. I think that was a signifier that we were not on their list. Yeah. (laughs) All the videos came out. We were like, we didn't, I didn't get it either, but (laughs) yeah, it would have been nice to been asked. You know what truthfully I think happened there? I did some like digging is i think there was just some switch that was going over on like the pr side sure so sometimes like, you might have been in contact with somebody there but now she switched roles and then the new person doesn't know about you is what i gathered so my guess is a lot of people that came out to camera camp got to meet a lot of the people there Did you guys go to that um, no we couldn't go to it because it's, we were in germany we had the worst scheduling conflict i didn't with, go yeah i wasn't with invited all of their <laughs> stuff like that i talk crap yeah. about sony so they, they don't like me <laughs> <laughs> they invited me to the catalina thing uh for the 6400 that was the last time yep. anything happened and it was i don't know but honestly the a7s3 like answer like everything that sony's doing now for me they've literally proven to me that they're actually listening to the complaints that i had they've made changes like, I think a lot of creators can look at Sony as, I think, I can honestly say this, they're the best camera company in terms of listening to creators and making changes along the way. Uh, Fuji, yeah. Fuji has done a good for, job um, with firmware as well, but like, yep. oh my gosh, like the ZV-1 is exactly the perfect like YouTuber, vlogger camera. And now yep. the A7S III is the perfect high-end YouTuber camera. <laughs> totally. It's the camera that I think both Lizzie and I have dreamt about having because... I've never been so excited. Me yeah, too. We, we own, we own yeah. all these, these lenses and then it's like these cameras come out and I can't even use them. Like I can't even buy the Blackmagic you yeah. know, 6K camera because I own all this E-mount stuff. And I'm like, yep. this yeah. sucks. So not only can I not review it because now I got to go buy thousands of dollars worth of lenses to go and make my thing. Angry at the camera company that you've invested in. Yeah. And you're going, hey, I have all of your stuff. Could you please (laughs) get the thing I want? Yeah. (laughs) And it's and it's like that they actually did. And that camera, both Lizzie and I are really excited because we Lizzie and I both, you know, we have we shoot YouTube videos. but We also like making short films. And Lizzie is like the queen of making incredible short films. Mm -hmm. And I think having a camera that's going to match 
her having a camera that has the technical specs to match what I believe is Lizzie's creativity on the same level mm. is going to be an awesome pairing. But that's, that's also really intuitive to use at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's not cumbersome. I can take it anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's not going to so yeah, raise eyes. Both, we both pre-ordered. We yeah, were very like day excited. One. Yeah, right away. <laughs> and um, we're yeah. both, I'm keeping my A7 III for now. Um, as like a photo camera, as right? A photo camera. And a B cam. And a B cam when it's necessary, but I'll probably stick to it for photos now. Yeah. So, and I'm honestly really excited to have two bodies. Yeah. Um, just because it'll, I can relax yeah. a little bit. Do you now. realize I'm that when we travel, it. we're gonna have four cameras on us? I know. I yeah. know. But at least we can share lenses. Dude, I saw you know? the fly. You saw, saw it again. Back. I know it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Gerald, uh, did you watch Gerald and Dunn's video on it? By the way. I watched. I, I went through it a There's little so bit. so many videos I, I should, wanted to watch. But I saw well, that he ordered three. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, if you have the time, I if especially if you're a nerd, like Gerald. I mean, props to Gerald, everybody. We we interviewed Gerald uh, on the show uh, a I while love ago. Gerald. And I think I he's going to come and do a, a Gerald Undone, um, like a studio tour in our oh, place great. soon. Awesome. He doesn't live that far from us. He's like only two hours or something. Mm -hmm. I think he's really come into his own and he's really carved out a niche for himself. And it's. Yep. perfect for him because i don't think anybody can at all even come close to competing with him because you have to basically be a genius just to like keep up with his <laughs> knowledge yeah. like i yep. actually had an off like i had a conversation with his um with his significant other and she literally told me kind of like away from jail she's like yeah he's he actually is like a genius like his iq is like unbelievably high and he doesn't <laughs> you, like you don't know this most people don't you know maybe people don't think about it but i'm just telling you like gerald's actually kind of a genius so it doesn't surprise right, so me you can feel more comfortable sleeping at night knowing that yeah. you're just not as smart as him so <laughs> exactly. stop trying. Uh, but like i'm just saying i'm puffing him up just to say like his video really goes into the details on like why this camera is so important. He has had hands on with the Canon uh, R5 and R6 and he's able to speak to that. He shows examples of it. Uh, in terms of the photo thing, he did do a comparison between a 48 megapixel and a 12 megapixel still and people voted for the 12 megapixel A7S still on Twitter and Instagram. Oh. Um, yep. You got you got to remember Instagram's a, Instagram's a 2 megabyte or a 2 megapixel uh, resolution. So like yep. as long as as long as the color science is good, as long, I mean, those photodiodes and the low light noise performance you're going to get on the A7S and all that crazy yes. dynamic range, even though it's only yep. 12 megapixels for Instagram and especially thumbnails for YouTube videos, yep. like you're totally fine. Yep. That can well, be it your only what, thing. It depends what you're doing and it depends like yeah, where course. your photos are going. So, so for people who are mainly video focused or like, yeah, if you're a YouTuber and you just need it for your freaking thumbnail, yeah, yeah. then yeah, That's you're, me. you're totally, totally good. That's me. I just need like, I, I need a hybrid to do Instagram posts and YouTube thumbnails. That's it. Like I'm never doing photo exactly. professionally for anything. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think having the second camera body comes into like a, a mental state where you're like, totally. now I'm shooting photos and like, this is my yeah. photo camera and this is my mm -hmm. video camera. And that becomes more of a a workflow and data management thing. But just going back there for a second on the whole 12 megapixels in A7S, I used to shoot commercial stuff, like commercial photos for like Toyota and Mercedes-Benz mm -hmm. with my A7S. And like, I even had a commenter today jump in and being like, Chris, Chris has shot like for a long time with like the A7S on some yeah. bigger shoots. Like I firmly believe that like exactly what you said, having the right color science and having the, the dynamic range that that camera has gives you so much more flexibility when you're editing photos in post-production. Mm -hmm. 
and you get and get so much more clarity and color and plus you can fly through your edits too you can fly through your edits totally because it doesn't it doesn't bog down your machine like i'm shooting a7r3 which is like 42 megapixels and like i need to be at my at home computer to be able to work through editing yeah. those photos have quickly. you guys played with the a7r4 at all isn't that one like 60 megapixels or something yeah terrifying. it's a lot it's like it's honestly overkill but it doesn't stop me from wanting it That's like- <laughs> uh, data management like awesome. every single one it's of my like, like raw bit, photos yeah. with that camera is like 300 megs or 80 megs yeah. between that like That's why i have the a7 III. i'll just you know sit at my comfort yeah, level I here i love editing photos on your camera <laughs> because it like i just blast through edits like ding 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 yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, had a, I had a conversation. Do you know Jevin Dovey? He's a, another YouTube creator. Yep. We talk, um, we actually have a, an agreement Jevin. between each other. We actually call each other every morning and we just kind of like keep each other accountable with work stuff. It's actually uh, a cool relationship. Do you have an agreement? Is there like paperwork that's drafted up? <laughs> if, you, if you miss it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just been really healthy. I think ever since COVID, I was like, I really need some just like interaction with other people, especially people that do what we do. Um, I have some great, amazing friends who are like normies, like normal people. (laughs) And, uh, you know, muggles, muggles. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's important to have that balance because it's, it kind of reminds me, Oh yeah, I do live in a bubble. Uh, people actually have normal jobs and normal lives. And, uh, you know, so, but, uh, but, but, the relatability is so key. Yes. Like that community, like having someone like Jebin in your life is so important because you he can empathize with your problems and yep. vice versa. Exactly. Right? And for someone that's not in this space, uh, it's so hard for them to be like, but I don't get it. You, you do this and that. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no, you don't understand. It's really well, it's frustrating. Like how uh, it how you give people your list of like, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel. What should I do? And you tell them to find a corner. We always tell them, find friends mm. who do the same thing. Or yeah. like you're here. Usually it's at some kind of convention or or mm-hmm. it's our Azers course or whatever. We're going to make friends with the people here because if you don't have anybody who's going to support you, yeah. then you're going to fail. You're going to – you will because it, you get exhausted. I think everybody should get on Twitter. Especially if you're running something by yourself. Everybody should yeah. get on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like uh, Twitter is still like – I feel like it's actually getting – popular again but there was it is. i didn't used to like it and i love twitter now <laughs> yeah twitter's great <laughs> i think like especially if you don't have i mean obviously now we're not going to any conferences or anything it's a great way to interact yeah. with creators you can just start becoming a part of the conversation don't oh, be yeah. a troll but actually just engage and like i i respond to people you know all the time um i do get a lot Same. of random things but still just being a part of the conversation uh, and showing that you're actually doing something. If you have your own YouTube channel and you're pumping content out and just being a part of that world. I mean, that's how I discovered everyday dad. He was like uh, making YouTube videos and uh, then he just started tweeting me a lot. And a lot of our friends, I was like, who's this everyday yep. dad guy. And then I started seeing his yep. content. Same for Patrick Tomasa. Like I, I yeah, never heard Patrick of him. Patrick and I became friends because of Twitter. He's amazing. Um, yep. But, Anyways, I'm getting to like the the reason I brought all this up was actually because I was just talking to Jevin about the A7S and he was like, I really I'm at a loss right now because like I don't I think this is the perfect camera. Like I think like I'm trying to <laughs> rack my brain around like what else can I be angry at or like want like it's for it does amazing 4K it does like 10 bit internal it does raw out 4K 120 4K 60 amazing low light I really want to see more of the raw too because I saw Philip Plume's video with it 
I yeah. really and like the fact that they uh, Atomos also didn't have to release a new product that you could just use like the Ninja V, yep. which was just like amazing. Yeah. So although we still don't have a device that can do 16-bit raw, so I'm excited to see that. True. And I'm sure the Atomos Ninja Six or whatever it's going to be will do 4K 120, you know, 16-bit probably. You know. True. So, so okay, so I missed the 16-bit part. So thank you for yes, clarifying. 16-bit raw, which is seriously like really unique and amazing the only thing that i've seen in the comparisons is the ibis is just your standard sony ibis when you compare it to like panasonic or even the the new canon r5 it just is not yep. there in terms of the overall like stability but who cares throw it on a gimbal you're you're good you know? yeah that's what i was i like somebody commented that today and i was like honestly if you're buying like a 3500 camera body and then having like a expensive lens on it so you have like almost like a just a sub ten thousand dollar camera kit going around you're probably taking this very seriously which means <laughs> that you probably have tripods you probably have mm-hmm. gimbals yeah. you probably have all this other stuff like yes obviously we want this other ibis but on it if you're a professional like it shouldn't phase you yeah yeah I switched to the Olympus body about a year ago because I actually fell in love with the Ibis mostly. (laughs) So, uh, and it changed my whole workflow because I could literally just do this, like move it like that. And it looks like a slider shot. It's insane how good the Olympus is. Um, But the correct way to do things is gimbal, slider, tripod, monopod. That is the correct way to do it. Um, All the just... cinema cameras don't have it. Like Ari doesn't have yeah. it. Red nope. doesn't have it. Like mm-hmm. you, you rely on these tools to make sure that you're purposeful with your filmmaking. Yeah. So if anything, yes, there's a convenience factor that we're like slightly missing out on. But on the other side of it, like I think it will make you more intentional with how totally. you shoot, you which shoot, I always think is like more important. Just shoot 4K 120 yeah. and slow it down. You'll have super like slow footage anyways that's yeah, like well, fluid that's and whatever. Yeah. So. so I post on Twitter that I was interviewing you guys and we got a couple of responses. Um, so Ryan Michaels asks, when is the next wakeboarding guitar vid? <laughs> oh, my God. All the Hopefully time. Never I again. feel like I should have never shared that with the world again. <laughs> That's my answer. You know what? The only time I actually thought about maybe doing it one more time was for TikTok and letting that be the only time oh, yeah, it's done just because I think it I think it would do well on that platform. But other than that, I don't really have any ambitions to do it again. Um because I just it's not what I want to be doing right now. <laughs> sure. So yeah, it's fun and it was a time in my life. But uh yeah. Ryan, I'm sorry. There's he- no more. He also had a follow-up question. Were you both YouTube creators before you started dating? Question mark. We were not. Oh. Want to elaborate? <laughs> Imagine I said, yes, we were. <laughs> no. We met in university. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually, I really yeah. appreciate that we had a, 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 like a life outside of YouTube before YouTube started. So that mm-hmm. there's other Even things that Even outside of work too. Yeah. We were just, uh, we were just in school. So yeah, I it's, mean, it's grounded on different things, which is really yeah. nice. We're honestly lucky that we grew together rather than we could have grown into completely different careers. Totally. And we say all the time, it would be really hard to do this without, you know, totally someone else who did the same thing. Yeah. Um, it would be so hard to explain, you know, why I need to go to this place now, why I can't come home, why I'm working late, why I'm doing, you know. Yeah, um, sure. And it's hard even to explain to our parents. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so short answer very, is no. <laughs> yeah, both very grateful that we found each other. Um, even, yeah, like you said, you said something where you're like, it's before work. Like Lizzie and I got to have like a couple of years where we were just in school and we got to like gallivant the city and just like when we didn't have money 
So like mm-hmm. a- anything, like we literally had nothing. Oh yeah, I was so right? broke. <laughs> and <laughs> worked at a restaurant. We, Lizzie and I would walk everywhere. We would walk for like three hours to a place. Yeah, because we had no money. So <laughs> to take anything. To <laughs> you get wouldn't even want to take cabs or like the the street car. We had metro cards. Yeah, so but go on the street car. And I think much. because it's it's grounded in in these like really you know nice kind of like high school and university memories. It's kind of I don't know. That's, yeah. that's been great too. I think if anybody mm-hmm. wants, yeah. if anybody wants to learn more about your relationship, I will refer them to the first podcast that we did together. We dive a lot deeper into your relationship, how you guys got started, uh, the engagement. Yep. I think that's kind of when you guys I were think newly we engaged. We talked a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was only like a few months afterwards. Yes. Yeah. So if we you want to, we have a long engagement, but um, it'll... <laughs> well, I mean, well, eventually, but it's made us... I swear we're gonna actually get married. No, but I, just to <laughs> add a little thing to that, it's it's. I think when we first got engaged, we were like, this feels good. But the more that we've been a part of the engagement, I think it's now we're very excited, like authentically excited about the wedding That's rather awesome. than rushing into it. Yeah. Um, it and, was, it's nice to be engaged. And now I think we're ready to be married. Yeah. I'm excited I, to call you my wife. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, there was a, I think right at the beginning of this conversation, I said, so what, what happened in the last year? And you were listing all the places you went, all the things you did. And I was mm-hmm. going to say, I, I didn't get to say it, but I was going to say like one day in the future when your kid's like, so what was engagement like? It's like, well, it was pretty fun. <laughs> we did yeah. a lot of stuff. You we guys had a, a crazy of- engagement. We, my wife and I were only engaged for four months and then we got married. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean every, it's different for everybody. Yep. Yeah. yeah, of course. Totally. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, if you want to learn more about the relationship, go check out the first podcast we did. We went more into detail on that. Um, I, Rob, asked, what are some of the easiest and hardest things about being a couple that run a business together? I can I can speak to a few things. So, like, the easy side of it is that we we both know where our strengths and weaknesses are. So then when we do certain things, like, we don't even have to, like, communicate too heavily to be, like, if Lizzie's like, get this shot, like, I know exactly what she wants or vice versa. Yeah, for a lot of people, I think they struggle with the communication. And so then it kind of, like, would feed into their work relationship and they would struggle on communication there. But yeah. for us, yeah. it honestly makes it easier because we know each other so well. So then working together is really easy. So when we are shooting together, sometimes it's, it's nice for me to shoot with Chris and for me to shoot for you because yep. we just know exactly what the other person wants. Yeah. Um, and it, it, then we can work really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and we're also not too nervous about, um, telling the person like what we, how we really feel or what we think yep. because we know that they can take it. I feel almost worse telling someone else who I don't know that well, like, what you did is not good. You yeah. know what I mean? Or I don't like this. I feel like that's almost worse, but because we can separate I think, I things think, pretty well. Yeah. And I think also because we both respect each other for our creativity in different ways, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that it's, it's not coming from like a place of an attack, but a place of like love. And it's more about like, Hey, I think you could grow from this if, or you could change this rather than being, no, I don't think it's good. And you're like, well, why? And he's like, I just don't think it's good. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, no, well, you obviously you have enough expertise in your area to know why it is that way. Mm-hmm. I would say on the on the harder side is that Lizzie and I approach creativity in different ways. So um, for me, I might have like a, an, a certain idea on something. And Lizzie's like, well, this is actually what the client wants. And I was like, no, we should put it in a helicopter and get a goat. And she's like, but it's no, it's stupid. Goat. Like, you, they, or I'm like, what they really want is this. We don't have time for that. We, right? we would be more yeah. realistic to do something else. But now, um, yeah, that's more, I guess, in the business and concepts for our tourism stuff. 
Yeah. And then yeah. there's this like nice happy medium where maybe we are pushing the boundaries, but also staying within like the hitting the marks. Whereas like I, if a client came to me and they're like, I really want to promote this boating thing. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you like get the helicopter and fly the boat? I don't know why it's all about helicopter, mm-hmm. but let's do this. And they're like, no. And then what we'll be able to do is still get what they want, but push the boundaries a little bit mm-hmm. in the space. So at least the video feels unique and, but we're doing all the yeah. things that allow us to continue our business. So I think Lizzie was always really, really good at making sure that we kept clients and made sure that we're, they were happy, but we were also producing really, really great stuff. Whereas I think when I was trying to do stuff on my own previously, I think I'd always like, I'd win with some clients and lose with others. And because I wasn't really listening to them and Lizzie had a better understanding of their needs. And I had a good sense of the story I yeah. think, when I came in and we started telling things differently. Yeah. But in my opinion, easy things are that we totally understand what the other person is going through in our jobs. Yep. Big benefit. Hard thing is that we have trouble, I mean, to this day, choosing um, whose business to prioritize and what sacrifices we make for the other person's business. Because how else do we take care of a cat, get things ready to go to the cottage, take care of a house, pay X bills, um, because it eats into, like, again, work is really important to us. And so it's if the other person's going, well, I don't want to do this. I have work. And the other person's going, well, I don't want to do this. I have work. And then, you know, it's, or there's like a really, or there's a really great opportunity that, you know, the other person has to sacrifice something on their end because of that. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, back in February, we had been on back-to-back trips and this job with visit Britain came up. That was like a super exciting time, but it was like right when we got the cat and it was right when like a bunch of other things were happening in life. And I remember being like, I really want to go on it. And you had to sacrifice the stuff that was going on in your life so that I could gallivant around Wales and have a good time. Yes. Right. Yeah, and so I think it, another couple that well, we interviewed, uh, Becky and Chris, like Chris has a, you know, he's a doctor. So yeah. like, and Becky kind of like, to be honest, you know, they both do a lot of the work, but Becky edits and she does the creative side, even though it's called Becky and Chris, she at home is running social media, all that and the, exactly. the way that you yeah, got... they're very they're very open about that she runs the channel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so like it makes sense that you guys still have Chris Howell, Lizzie Pierce as these two separate entities, but they do play together and I think from a business perspective it does make sense. Um Yeah, and just to give context too, like technically there are three separate businesses and like basically there's the business of me, there's the business of us and there's the business of Lizzie. Yeah. Right. So they all have, they all are, they're all incorporated businesses they all benefit each other, and they all yeah. benefit each other and feed each other and That's are cool. looped into each other. It's complicated from like a tax perspective, but it, well, it now, works. Especially when you start, um, when you're in a very committed relationship, you're living together, you're married or whatever. Um, whatever is good for the other person is good for the whole family unit. Now, mm. you know what I mean? You don't want to ever make yourself the sole breadwinner necessarily because that could be i mean in our relationship that we don't like that it's no it would not, ne- it's a it lot of responsibility fly. um and so yeah we we both have to make sure we're both winning and we're both um yeah. you know still making money still yeah. like enjoying our work making good work and so sometimes it means if he has a deadline and he's not sure how he's going to finish it and his editor can't help him then yeah it, and he comes to me yep. and vice versa so mm-hmm. we we help each other in that respect yep yeah, when I one of the best kind of like relationship tips I ever got was when we got engaged and somebody told me a lot of people think it's like a 50-50 split, but it's kind of like 
sometimes you got to do 70 or 80% or like, honestly, you can also think of it as you go 100%, 100% for the other person. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just that service attitude of like, I'm going to serve my significant other and really balance each other out in that way. And like, you know, for me, my wife yeah. doesn't, my wife doesn't do this. She stays home with the kids and I am the breadwinner, but she is doing so much work around the, the, the rest oh, of yeah. our life. She basically, like, I don't even know, you know, like I don't, I, I, we have a shared calendar and I put like our pod, my podcasts and like my shoots on it. Like, I don't even know, like I interviewed you and Matthew Paquette today. Uh, nice. and like, she's keeping me on all that. Cause like I suck at like scheduling all that stuff. So you know, anyways, all that to say, um, it's important. She sounds awesome. But it's, she's it's doing all that stuff. You're both still working together in the sense that, like, you're allowing each other to each do your job and yeah. do it well. You know what I mean? And right now her job is is keeping your children alive. Yeah. <laughs> Although she has been doing so. um, she has been doing Postmates like in the middle of the day just to oh, get cool. out of the house because it's driving her crazy yeah. so like i'll give oh, her I little breaks you. here and there and like we have a nanny that comes and helps too so but yeah anyways. Oh, that's the key um J- james yigatos asks what it's what is it like being a canadian in the youtube space and would you ever consider your location an advantage or not i had the same question for matthew today as well um you've been asked that before yeah yeah I mean, obviously, you guys I mean, all go together in a way, right? <laughs> it was, I don't, I mean, we never took a look at the algorithm and know how it works. So we don't know whether it was an advantage, really. Um, From like a weird life, weird like thing where random collisions kind of perspective where like I was shooting weddings back in the day and then I happened to collide with Peter and then that's a friendship that started and then. He started YouTube right as like my interests were really heavily in the social space. It's a coincidence. Like I don't know if it's directly related. I would say it's it's definitely like a nice thing for sure that we have this community that's hardcore and dedicated here. Yeah. I think, yeah, in an advantage we definitely know of for sure is that there is the support here and there's a network here and especially a well-known network that we can take advantage of and we're friends with and we can get together yeah. and whatever well, it makes it easy. Like yeah. when I can text Maddie and be like, do you want to get together today? And he lives like 30 or 40 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. Daniel totally. Schiffer lives 20, 30 minutes from me. But do I think that it was enough of an advantage that that is like the sole reason why we're six quote unquote success. No, no there's no sole no. reason, no, but it's, exactly. it, but That's it my is point. a part of it for sure. Could be. Yeah. That Probably it's, but I don't think it's a big part. No, but I I'm think it, but it's an amalgam, amalgamation of like a lot of things. Yeah. yeah the yeah. question, the question wasn't the only, it was just, would you consider it an advantage? And of course it's an advantage to be friends with other people in the same field that you can yeah. not only collaborate with, but just talk to. And, uh, you know, just like, like I can, even I can geographically too, yeah. where it's like, you know, if Peter's like, Hey, do you want to get together tomorrow? And sure, exactly. That's, that's yeah. the thing that like, uh, I can actually speak to that exactly. Cause in Nashville, there was nobody at all in the entire city doing what I was doing. Like nobody, if you're a musician or like something else, maybe in the YouTube space, it, it might work, but like, Nobody in the camera review, like filmmaking world, at least three, four years ago that I knew of. And then when I moved to like California, it's just like, boom, like the access just became insane. And I became friends with a lot of Mm -hmm. great creators because of it. And therefore, 
I was able to collaborate with certain people, which may or may not yep. have given me more subscribers or more views or whatever. But mm-hmm. so it's hard to pinpoint it. But well, it's, it's always rooted. It's all in like, about hard work. Like at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it exactly. But I think having. Um, I mean, why do you think people move to LA in the first place who are yeah. actors or no, whatever? You, that's the a very industry good point. is there, but there are also a lot of other people that you can network with and make mm-hmm. things with, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you're and increasing your chances by being finish. there. And that's exactly, I think, why. I mean, people, if you read any Malcolm Gladwell book, you know that it plays a part. It absolutely does. Where you grow up, who you meet, what time you're born, all of those things. So, yeah, it's definitely an advantage, but. I don't think that anyone listening to this, if you're, if you feel like there isn't anyone around you who, mm-hmm. um, it, that is another photographer that you can like spitball with or go out and shoot with or whatever it is. And you don't feel like there's enough of an industry where you live. I wouldn't not do whatever it is you want to do, like start a YouTube channel or whatever, yeah. because of that. Um, you can definitely have like everyone in our Azores course, for example, like they all met the one girl's from Miami. There's people from Alberta, Canada. Um, another girl, uh, is from Toronto, um, people from all over the world Boston. and they all, uh, Boston, they all take trips together and they yeah. have like these photo trips and they all stay in contact. So, um, it's also 2020, like the yeah, ability to the digitally internet. collab. Yeah. You know, I did a collab earlier this year with someone that I've never met in person, but I've just liked his work. So we did something digitally Yeah, and you can talk. So like, yes, it pays, plays an advantage, but it's less, it's becoming less and less important. Like, look at what's happening now. Like, I know that we have a previous connection, but this is also happening through the internet and it still feels just as intimate. Yeah. I feel like you've been here the, all, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I have you been. Mean? I'm taking over your screen. I was just going to say like Mr. Beast, he lives in like somewhere rando in like North Carolina, I think like, yep. you know, and he's the biggest YouTuber in the world right now. So that's actually, that's why we've talked about moving. We're like, we don't have to live here. We talk we about that just, all the time. We could just live anywhere else. Liz we could just I... go. We could just like house in Bali or like, we could just like leave. Yeah. We, have then... the, we have like serious conversations about it. <laughs> like at least oh, yeah. once a month. <laughs> yeah. That's we, the beauty we have of this, uh, making money goal. on the internet. You can live anywhere. Yep. Yeah. But we're still here. We have this. So. We have this goal. Well, family. It's like family. more and more important, and the bigger threat, especially as you get older. But for Lizzie and I, we have this goal where we want to live in like certain cities around the world for like a month, just to have like an experience being there. So like, we want to go to Portugal. I think we want to do something in France. I think we want to do something probably in Germany or I don't Austria. Know if I can afford to live in France for a month. That's fancy. no. But like, if you are just rent a flat and then you just make your own food, it's not that bad. Yeah, maybe. You don't have to eat out all the time. You can just make your own food. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Stefan Goes. Sorry, I'm butchering your name. He asked, Do you guys ask each other before making camera accessory purchases? Uh, or do you have some agreement about how much each can spend on gear each month? <laughs> we used to, not anymore. We used to, but now I think we just buy if it's a lens, I think we consult the other person because we share those. Sure. Well, I, I, you're talking I'm about thousands of dollars. So. If anything, I'm telling you not to buy it because we probably already own it. Liz would be like, I want to buy the 85. I'm like, we own an 85. Know, you don't need don't another like one. I sharing. I know. <laughs> That's a very funny thing, Lizzie. Gear and sharing do not go well. We make do, even though I don't know where my 85 metal lens is. And my camera back. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. uh, so, amazing. But I think in the past we used to. Um, when we were sharing a business because there was a, a bottom line that directly impacted like how much money and dividends we took out at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, now, because yeah. we have our own companies, we can kind of make our own financial decisions sure. um, for certain pieces of gear because that becomes no longer an asset that is owned by the corporation of us. It's owned by 
the corporation of but when you're buying something like really big Mm-hmm. Like physically big. Oh, yeah. Not even expensive. Yeah, I don't yeah. even care about the money. But when he's buying something physically big and then doesn't consult me because it ends up in a space that I pay for, yeah. that annoys me. No, no, for sure. Like I bought a Sea-Doo earlier this year and I had to talk to Lizzie about yeah. that because it required like the actual maintaining of a large item on a trailer is something that require is going a to eat up something of Lizzie's time. will become a thing that consumes my time. Yeah. What does so. a Sea-Doo? Yeah, look like up person like a jet ski, like a personal oh. watercraft. Yeah, yeah, you got a jet ski. Yeah. Oh heck the yeah. Different, it's just the brand the name. The Sea-Doo is the brand name, but in Canada, gotcha. it's by a Canadian company called uh, BRP or Bombardier Recreation Power Sports. Mm-hmm. They make a bunch of different things: a uh, motorcycles, Can-Am three-wheel motorcycle. You ever seen those three-wheel motorcycles? Yeah. On the road, yeah. They, they, those well, are the same company one. makes it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they make those. So, yeah, anyways, I've seen pictures of Lizzie, it. Lizzie has a three-wheel motorcycle. I have a thing that goes fast on the water <laughs> and together we both understand moving and maintaining the, the largeness and, and physicalness we of those items. We want to race them. We want to race them to like from my cottage <laughs> to town, yeah. which is like 25 minutes away. Yeah. So Chris wants to take the sea and I want to take the Riker yeah. because I think that like the distance on the sea and the waves will slow him down. No, I think I'll beat you. 100%. I don't know. We don't know. We haven't no, done it. 100% I'll beat you. I can't, I'm not having this conversation. No, we should do it. You underestimate how fast I drive. And I have a, yeah. I have a question <laughs> from uh, myself. Are there any creators that um, are new or, you know, maybe not new, but new to you that you've been watching on YouTube um, that you oh. can kind of highlight and talk about? Any creators? Yeah. Each one? To, Lizzie, you go first. Or Chris? Well... You go, Chris. You go first. I have to figure out. I is know it, her first name, but is I'm it is to... it is it like anybody? Yeah, anybody. Or is it it like doesn't matter even what genre. In, I don't care. People in like our space and stuff like that. Give me um, one of each. In terms of like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Gerald was like one of those people that I started watching recently that I I loved his niche and especially being somebody who like likes to nerd out about tech. Um, yeah. I've I've really enjoyed his stuff. There's a creator that was originally from France that lives now in Chicago named Pierre Lambert. I think. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, Pierre, Pierre, I'm doing a podcast with him tomorrow, but I discovered him recently, and I like really, really like his stuff a lot, too. Yeah, we he's been on the podcast. I know him. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's great. We we talked on the phone uh, last week for like an hour and a half or he's two awesome. hours. And he's, yeah, he's great. He's a gem. Yeah. Lizzie, do you so, have anybody? Yeah. Uh, her, so if you're looking her up on YouTube, it's Leela from YouTube. Oh, yeah. she's great. Leela. We're yeah. going to try so, to have her on. Oh, great. Yeah, because she... um. So I met her, we both met her at Power Video last year. Mm-hmm. And she was just, I think she was just kind of starting out. And so I came across, like, we've gone back and forth on Twitter a few times. And I was like, oh, I should go take a look at how she's doing. And she's doing amazing stuff. Um, her yeah. tutorials are great. She's super fun. So um, if you're looking to learn something new, definitely check her out. And, you know, repping another female creator. She's awesome. She's done, like, how to create a hologram effect. Like some of them are really cool. Yeah. So color correction, audio met, editing for beginners. I met her at uh, Vid Summit this last year because I oh, yeah. was filming a uh, a music video parody, the Gear Guy video, and I needed somebody to f- like hold a camera. And she was just standing there. I was like, here, can you hold this camera real quick? I'm going to sing. <laughs> and so I did like a little singing bit and she held the camera for me. It was pretty awesome. And that's how that's we met. Nice. And then, yeah, we're going to try to have her on the podcast. So Good. That's awesome. Totally. And then uh, there's a another guy that's like called Nathaniel Drew, who's mm-hmm. 
um, I really like his more like philosophical and his approach. His is like the the antithesis to Sam Colder, where like rather than traveling and doing sh- rapid shots, it's more like very still, very chill, and spend like one or two months in like a place and get to see it. So I, I like both sides of that. Like I love Sam's work, and then I love someone like him, where it's like the complete opposite and more chill. Yeah. Uh, there's always different approaches. So. I Shout out to both those guys. Now that I just looked him up, I think I've like watched one or two of his videos on accident, not on like it was just recommended to me and I clicked it. And now I'm like, oh yeah, he's he does like these psychological uh experiments on himself, right? Yep. And he's done like some really cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah, to kind of wrap this thing up, um, you know, one year later, I think you guys gave me a great sound bite on the first episode about like what you guys would say to somebody who's starting out uh, your kind of words of wisdom, but you're another year smarter and wiser. You guys are engaged (laughs) for a full year now, Um, about to be married, about to be wed. You've got a new office space, you got an editor. (laughs) You guys have been super busy. You guys have had these like ex, like ex, what's that word? Existential, extra, existential. Existential. Yeah. Putting an R in it. You've had like a, we've all had this pandemic crisis thing where it's like, you kind of have to think about what am I doing? Why am I here? What's the point of life? <laughs> you know, like yeah. as a creative, what am I actually excited about? So Lizzie, go first for me. Tell me like in a nutshell, what you, you want to say to, to our listeners to motivate them to, to be creators and to kind of do what you guys are doing, um, especially during this crazy time right now. I would say that there is, of course, no better time to start than right now. But if you're if you're stuck on, because I think the last thing I said last year was probably about motivating your stuff, yourself to start. So what I'm going to say this year is if you've already decided to start and you're not sure what to do, then ultimately trust your gut and make something that mm-hmm. you want to make because there's going to be a lot of outside influences. You're going to want to make things that you think are going to do well. And of course, titles and thumbnails are all a thing and that does play a part, but ultimately make something that you think is really good and you're really proud of and don't compromise if you have an idea because we need, and we as in the YouTube community need things that are new, different, creative. So don't limit yourself based on what you see other people doing. Yes. And and a caveat to that, to add to that, which is my like my message, as well. Um, don't don't focus on the the results in terms of certain metrics. So you know if your video doesn't get what you were hoping to in views, if your photo doesn't get there a certain amount of likes, your value is not determined by views and likes and algorithms. Um, believe in yourself and know that what you made is great, and have the confidence to to see that through because I think it's very easy to think that I get caught up in this. And this is something that I dealt with a lot during the quarantine phase is that, you know, if you have a bad video, it does not mean that your career is over, that it's a bad, that what you made is bad just because the algorithm determined it not to be good. Um, Don't your value is not in the, the results. Your value is in the process. Man, what a killer way to end the show. Thank you guys, Chris Howell and Lizzie Pierce. Once again, man, this was like the best like return podcast ever. 
<laughs> is that the only return podcast ever? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's like it's the best because it's the only one. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. Hope you guys enjoy doing it again. This was two hours long. You guys are awesome. I might break this up Thanks. into two. Um, hey, man. Yeah. I think so. you're a great interviewer. So thank you yeah, so much you for are. your time. We really? can talk a lot, so yeah, I know it's no, like we're friends or something. Oh, uh, like when we Crazy. were when we were off, like before, previous to the doing the the podcast, Lizzie and I were talking about it, and I was like, I love doing podcasts with Dave because I think you're such you're great at getting the best out of people. So <laughs> kudos to you, man. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to hear stuff like that. Like I I'm literally doing nothing. I'm just kind of being myself. But I guess my parents raised me right. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a special power in that fly that's always around. Who yes, knows? Yes, it's the fly. <laughs> okay. It is the yeah. fly. And D Maze over here. My, uh, yeah. my my superhero character that's Oh, oh my, my god, god. That's I thought that was a real person. Dude. dude, I literally thought that was a real person. Oh. Yeah, that's like, my Freddy. <laughs> it's been here the whole time. Now that's my yeah. do you guys know about that? It's my superhero I developed like years ago. I was gonna be a superhero vlogger named D Maze. And uh, I had that costume made and everything, but I like I've never been able to I, I use it. I thought you were it. gonna tell me. I thought you were gonna tell us that you put him in there after you got robbed, so that <laughs> people should. would think someone's inside or something. <laughs> no, he was he was standing in the corner of my studio space, like when they were robbing me. So they he saw the whole thing oh. happen. Oh, uh, the yeah. things he could tell. <laughs> well, anyways, we'll have to do this again in a year or something. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, right, think- on a side note, apparently the roadcaster has not worked <laughs> it says caster pro encountered an error recording has stopped well good you don't th- know how long it's been like that i don't know i i don't know I'll if you're joking you or not but whatever uh whether you're joking or not it doesn't matter because i had a recording of skype the entire time <laughs> great okay, okay that's what i'm hoping case. okay yeah well, seriously we'll put not a computer a now and we'll check yep all right just letting you know all right man peace thank you guys Bye. i'll see you soon thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Chris Howe and Lizzie Pierce. Go follow them on all the socials. I've linked all their stuff in the show notes below. Again, thank you guys so much for being on this show. This is the second time and they really gave me a lot of their time on this episode. I think like over two hours was our conversation before I cut it down. So a real honor to have them on again. Make sure to let them know that you listen to the Golden Hour podcast. Tweet them. Instagram, DM them, say, hey, I heard you on the podcast and you guys were awesome. Again, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to the Golden Hour podcast every single Tuesday. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio, and we'll see you next week. Bye.